those of you who don't know me, which I, I think everyone kind of at least knows me, uh, my name is Larry. I am an elder here at Echo Church, and uh, occasionally I get to preach um, when we're desperate, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we've been going through a, a sermon series for the past few weeks um, since, I guess, the, the second week of the new year till today. Uh, it's been titled, uh, The Word. And each week we've been, we've been taking a word and kind of unpacking what the Bible says about that word. Uh, this is part of a study that also extends into our uh, small group Bible studies. Uh, we're asking members of the group to, to pick a word that will motivate and inspire them throughout the year, throughout 2017. The idea then is that we can use these words to encourage ourselves and to encourage each other. And, and the encouragement is to, to find a deeper relationship with God and in, in turn with each other as well. As we share our individual word for the year, we can count on each other to encourage each other. I'm going to come back to this idea of encouraging each other as well. So, uh, so just keep that in your mind as we go through this week's word. And before we get started on this week's word, we'll talk a little bit about last week's word. Last week, Aaron preached about the word grace. We talked about grace being a gift from God, a gift that we cannot earn. Similarly, grace is a gift that we cannot unearn. Grace is God's gift that is freely given to those who believe in Jesus as God incarnate, that he died for our sins so that we can be united, reunited with God rose from the dead so that we will also raise up and co-inherit God's kingdom and ascended back to heaven where he's enthroned with the Father. Grace is given out of love. Aaron spoke to this when we read last week from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Well, and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God loved us first. God did not wait for us to love him. God reached out to us while we were still sinning. Romans 5 verse 8 speaks to this. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is how great God's love is for us. Now, I just, in two paragraphs, paraphrased last week's sermon. So, in all reality, Aaron could have just said what I said, and then we could have gone to lunch, but he went way longer. Anyway, that's not exactly true. But if you haven't guessed it by now, this week's word is love. And to illustrate that even further, we've been wearing t-shirts while preaching, so I'm going to keep the trend alive this makes for great podcast. Um, you can see that Grace is going to be on the other side. We, have, we are still recycling the shirts. The thing that I'm noticing, because I'm just seeing the shirt now, is that Grace is this nice stencil, and Love is kind of written on with permanent marker. I don't know how that happened. David has been in charge of the shirts, and obviously he kind of gave me the hand-me-down even more hand-me-down t-shirt. So anyway, it's really kind of uncomfortable to put on backwards, too. Anyway, we'll get past that, and we will actually 
we'll actually get into this, this word for the week. Um, before we do, let's, let's go ahead, let's, let's pray real quick, and then we'll, then we'll continue with the sermon. Lord God, uh, thank you. Thank you for this time of worship. Thank you that our lives can be an extension of this worship and an extension of this, this love that we're going to, to talk about and delve into. I thank you, Lord, for your presence here right now. Even right now, Lord, you are present with us and you are loving us. I'm so thankful for that, Lord. I pray that your spirit will just permeate the message, permeate us, and just dwell within us, Lord, um, and, and just inspire us as we're here and as we, as we go out from here as well. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I've been thinking this past week leading up to, to today about love, I kind of had this image in mind. Um, this is, this is an image of a wave and waves have characteristics to them. One of the characteristics that, that I want to talk about first is the amplitude measured over here and can also be measured to the trough. It's basically from the base of the wave to its peak, its height, or to its trough where it's at its highest and where it's at its lowest. That's the amplitude of the wave. And the base of the wave, we tend to think of as kind of the bottom of the wave, but actually the base is more like in the middle. That's the baseline of the wave. That's zero. Amplitude is kind of like a measure of love. Love goes in waves, right? It has peaks and it has troughs, similar to a wave. However, the amplitude is kind of like for this wave, the amplitude of love would be like, I am so in love, right? This is a kind of large wave. So this would be lots of love. If this wave were kind of like, yeah, I, I kind of dig that person, the peaks and troughs would be closer to the base. It wouldn't be as, as high. It wouldn't have as much amplitude. If it were, I tolerate that person, I really don't have positive or negative feelings, it's just, yeah, whatever then it would be just like a flat, straight line right at the base. That's all that would be. And if it were, I just cannot stand that dude. He is the worst ever. It would look like this. There's also wave length. Let's go back real quick. That was actually for David, and he's not in here. He's with the kids. So... I don't, he said he was going to listen to it later, but he doesn't have the slides, so I might have to send the slides to him so that he can see where that fits in. So anyway, there's also wavelength. And the wavelength is measured generally from peak to peak or from trough to trough. And it's lot, we, we think of length as a measure of distance, but it's not as much a measure of distance as it is a measure of time. So the way a wave, wave is measured is you take a point, a point, and you measure the amount of time that it takes from one peak to hit that point till the next peak hits that point, and that's the length of that wave. So that's kind of how wavelength is measured. At least, that's how we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Similarly, we measure love, right? Love has peaks and valleys. We, we love to measure the peaks. We love to keep track of the peaks, right? The valleys, we don't like thinking about the valleys, but in reality, we measure the valleys even more so than the peaks, too many valleys and we fall out of love. We equate those valleys to when we've been wronged. 
And if someone wrongs us too many times, we stop loving them. But God's love has no measure. God does not fall out of love with us. Romans 8, verses 38 through 39, which we read part of. Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> and by the way, we didn't talk at all during the week, so that was just like, like Holy Spirit working right there. Anyway, it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Neither height nor depth. Like the amplitude of a wave. So it sounds like God's love is not like this wave. There's no amplitude. God doesn't kind of love us or sort of like us or tolerate us. God loves us. Yes, he even loves this guy. It's sometimes hard for me to believe, but it's true. And like I said, it's all the time. God's love isn't dependent on us. He doesn't love us today and then when we screw up and fall, he falls out of love with us either tomorrow or next week or next month. It's all the time. Look at this. Neither present nor the future. There's no wave length either. There's no length of time. God loves us all the time. But we're not great at love. Our love doesn't often look like God's love. It looks like the wave. If you don't believe that, read some of Shakespeare's love sonnets. Go to a movie or to a play. Listen to some music. And here are some song titles that I found that include the word love that kind of demonstrate this wave existence of love, at least the way we know it. Love lift us up where we belong. Love stinks. Love is all around us. Love is a battlefield. And then there's one that I, I found that I've never heard before. I still haven't heard the song. Maybe I should listen to it. It kind of personifies both the peaks and the valleys of love. It's hate it or love it. All out of love, all you need is love. That old devil called love. So in love, love bites. Up and down, love and hate, peak and trough. Our love depends too much on circumstance. Our love is not enough like God's love. So we, so we kind of, we get an idea of what God's love looks like. How do we respond to God's love? And last week Aaron spoke a little bit about this as well when he said good works are our outpouring of love in response to the love and grace that God has bestowed on us. Jesus said in John fifteen ten through 22, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So this is how we show our love to God. It says here, by keeping the commands of Jesus. And the command of Jesus is to love each other. And not that wavy, wavering kind of love that we're used to, but love that looks like God's love.
Love that stays at that peak. Not that people don't annoy us or upset us or challenge our ability to love, but we love anyway. You see, we can't pick and choose whom we love. It says we're commanded to love each other, not some others, not the others that agree with us, not our friends, not just those who love us back. Love each other. Love everyone. Remember Romans 5, verse 8 from earlier? And we're going to take a look at that again, but this time we're going to start in verse 6. And we're going to read Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, God, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this is love. This is what the Bible speaks to and calls it forbearance. And in the Old Testament, forbearance in the, in the context of the Old Testament was God was, was willing to bear with the sins of his people because he knew his plan. He knew his own plan for salvation. But we, we experience this as well. We experience this forbearance because before we came to Christ, we also sinned. We, we still sin now. And if it weren't for God's forbearance, if he didn't bear with us in that first sin would be squash, be over. But God bears with us because he loves us. Christ asks us, no, he, he commands us to bear with each other in a similar way, out of love. And when we do, we don't just express our love for each other, we express our love for him. Paul goes on in this passage and he, he, he writes more. He calls us, he calls us enemies of God. We were enemies of God. God's enemies, does, they, they, they don't love him. But God loves that, them. And we are commanded. If we are to love each other as Christ loves us, we are commanded to love our enemies. The Apostle Paul wrote about love to the first century church in Corinth. The church in Corinth, you see, was having a love problem. They thought that love was like the wave. They loved the people in the church that they thought like they did, that behaved like they did, that voted like they did. And that was their problem. In the first few verses of 1 Corinthians 13... Paul calls the church to task for this. He says that the things that the people in the church in Corinth were honoring were nothing, nothing without love. He goes so far to say that if you were to give, if if he himself gave all of his possessions to the poor, everything to the poor, but did so without love, it would be nothing. Then he writes the part that we hear often in weddings. And... uh, I've asked Evan, we're finally getting to our text. (laughs) I've asked Evan to read that for us. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. And uh, I did not look it up first, so I don't know what page we are in the Blue Bibles to help. So, what was it? 813. So, if you've got a Blue Bible, if you want to read along, please uh, turn to that. Or, I know we've got all of our mobile devices that help us as well yes i probably you know what i probably should have announced like our text earlier so that people would be there and we didn't have like a gap of waiting but 
hindsight, you know. There's always next time. Yeah. Maybe. You never know. Okay, let's go. Evan, uh, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now, so so this, this is not a picture of, of that wave, is it? This isn't that, that kind of emotional love that depends on circumstances. This is real, true, unconditional love. Not that there are not wrongs, but that love keeps no record of wrongs. Not that the, the troughs don't exist in our relationships with each other, but love does not keep record of those troughs. This is love that loves regardless of circumstances. This is how Christ has loved us, and this is how he calls us to love each other. And I said earlier that we'd get back to our words for the year and encouragement of each, for each other, and, and this is where, where I want to do that. We talked about this. Our small group Bible studies uh, are, are going through this, this word study as well. And we wrote down our words for the year. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And then we shared our words with each other. In, in our small groups. I was going to bring mine with me, and then I walked out without it, so I don't have it. Um, but in sharing these words with each other, we shared a little bit of vulnerability with each other as well. You see, now that, now that the guys know what my word is, and what it means to me, and what I hope God will accomplish in me in, the, in this coming year around, around this word, it's become more real. It's, it's kind of like a goal. And I'm definitely not a goal-setting kind of guy. <clears throat> but what if I don't receive encouragement around this word? What if these guys think my word is weird or silly or goofy or whatever? Love does not allow for that. In love, your word, your word, whatever word you have chosen, is important to me. It's just as important to me, even more important to me than my own word. And the opposite is true as well. My word is important to you. In that way, I'm not working alone in my walk with God. Because you love me, it's as important to you as it is to me. Our walks with God are as important to each other as they are to us individually. So I have dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands of people, all of us do, who love us and value our walk with Christ. We're never walking alone. If we love each other in this manner, we encourage each other from this end, in this manner, we can love like Christ. We can love our enemies. We can love those who don't love us. And this is why God designed it this way. This is the design. Love is supposed to work this way. My word is adventure. And love, mirroring the love of God, is a huge adventure. And if I'm going to be adventurous in this love and in my life, I'm going to need your encouragement. 
And I know that if you're going to live out your word, you're going to need my encouragement. We're going to need to encourage each other as the body of Christ in order to make this happen. Now Paul goes on in, in 1 Corinthians verses, or chapter 13, verses 8 through 10, and, and we're not going to read that part. But again, these are written to the church, and these verses are written to the church in Corinth, letting them know that the things that they are valuing, the things that they're replacing love with, are going to fail. They're going to pass away. They're going to be gone. But love will never fail. Let's go on and let's, let's read chap, uh, chapter 13, verses uh, 11 and 12, please. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I know fully, even as I am fully known. I remember being a child. I remember on a couple of occasions being angry with my parents, telling them I didn't like them, uh, probably because they made me eat vegetables or clean my room or something silly like that. But I, personally, I was able to be a little bit extra cruel to my parents. I had, I had a little bit more ammunition than some people might have. You see, I, I was adopted. And you would think from being adopted there would be this huge outpouring of love. But I actually used that. I pulled out the big guns a couple times when I was angry and told them that I hated them and wished they had never adopted me. Now, I never hated my parents, believe me. I never really did. But I was childish. And I reacted in my childish, immature love that way. My love was wavy. It wavered. My parents never responded in kind. My parents responded in love because they weren't childish. Well, most of the time, they weren't childish. But they, they, they grew up, they matured, and so, so did their love. Their love matured. So they didn't react that way. They put that childish, immature love behind them. And we, we're grown up. We are to love with a mature love. And even though we only know part of that love, we only know that love in part, that mature, that true love of God. We only know it in part. We can only see the reflection of that love. But we still go on and we love maturely. We will know that love in full, just as we are fully known by Him who fully loves us like no one else does. Let's, uh, let's end this with, uh, with verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your love. Thank you for loving us while we were your enemies, for loving us so much 
for valuing us so much that you sent your son to die so that we could live forever with you. Thank you for the example of love that you have set for us, for the example of love that Jesus personified as he walked on this earth. I pray that you will move us through your spirit to imitate that example, that we will encourage and love each other with a love that is a reflection of your perfect love. Also, that we will love outside these walls in the same way we do inside. I pray that we will have the courage to love those that are hard to love, just as you love us. Amen.